This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chineo Gumake. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. Yo, 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 welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. You know who it is. It is your host, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. Week 11 of college football is in the books, and this is my top 10 takeaway show. Rapid, instant reaction from the games that happened this past Saturday, and we'll touch on a couple of games that happened during the week. Just my thoughts about these college prospects, these college players, and how it relates to us in Dynasty. So let's kick this thing off with takeaway number 10 Michigan stinks Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated college coach hire that I've seen in a long long time to have the type of talent that he has on that roster Zach Charbonnet Hassan Haskins Blake Corum Chris Evans and Joe Milton looked absolutely horrible. It his their inability to produce quarterbacks at Michigan should make you sad as a Michigan fan. It should be embarrassing. The athletic director, the president of that university, paying Jim Harbaugh all of that money, and Joe Milton looked completely inept. It wasn't like he lit it up in his first outing versus Minnesota, but it looked like there was promise there. It looked like Joe Milton had something. His very next week versus Michigan State, they lose that game, and he did not look too hot in that one. And here we go versus Wisconsin, and his first pass of the game picked off 9 for 19, 2 in interceptions, 8.3 QBR, ran the ball seven times for 15 yards. It just, they, it is a brutal, brutal watch and they had no business playing on primetime on Saturday, a waste of my time, a waste of your time. But this top 10 reaction, I'm just going to say this. If you have Joe Milton in C2C leagues, I would be looking to move him. I am glad that I was able to trade him after week one 
he just, I, I don't know if he's going to have enough time to develop. He's already a junior. So while the physical tools may be there, he looks anything from an NFL prospect at the quarterback position. And quick bonus kind of talk, Jalen Berger, the incoming true freshman, looks outstanding. He looked better than Nikita Watson. I know Watson had two touchdowns, but Jalen Berger, the highly touted four-star recruit, looks like he's next up with Graham Mertz over there at Wisconsin. Takeaway number nine, Penn State, they too stink. They are a horrible football team right now. But Pat Fryermuth lives. Finally, they figure out that you need to get this guy the ball. Fryermuth, seven receptions, over 110 receiving yards, looking like baby Kelsey out there. We all know, if you listen to this show, I've been talking about Pat Fryermuth for months on end. He is my second-rated tight end in the 2021 class. Those of us who are in Debbie Leagues, you already have him rostered. Those of you who don't have him rostered or don't participate in Debbie Leagues, once he gets the draft capital that I anticipate, he will not last longer than the second round. He will be at worst the second round pick. I still believe he's got a shot to have first round draft capital, especially after he tests as an upper percentile athlete, Pat Fryermuth. He lives, he's alive and well, and still one of the best playmakers in the country. Takeaway number eight, Rashad Bateman and Mo Ibrahim are balling for Minnesota. This past weekend, Bateman, eight catches, 111 yards, one TD. He's up to 413 yards on the season, 32 receptions. So good to see Rashad Bateman coming back. I do not believe that him opting back in has hurt him in any way, shape, or form. I believe it's actually helped him. And at six foot two, 210 pounds, he does have that size to be an alpha wide receiver at the next level. Now, his counterpart, his teammate, Mo Ibrahim is somebody that a lot of people weren't talking about. A lot of us weren't talking about Mo Ibrahim at five foot ten, two hundred and ten pounds. He is showing his inability to be an absolute workhorse. They've only played four games and listen to his rushing attempts in these four games. 26 carries, 41 carries, 30 carries in this past week versus Iowa, 33 carries. He's got 10 touchdowns on the season. He is definitely working his way up into being hopefully a day three pick and somebody that if given the opportunity could step in and and command some touches at the NFL level. I still have questions about his overall athleticism. I want to see his burst and speed. So the combine and the pre-draft process is going to be big for me and where I slot Ibrahim in. But in a week 2021 running back class, he should push for top 10 capital for top 10 running back in the 2021 class. Takeaway number seven, and I feel so bad because I didn't talk about this player last week and I should have because the Mac was back. That means Buffalo's dynamic running back Jarrett Patterson was on the field playing and he had a good first outing and he had another solid game, back-to-back games with two touchdowns. Jarrett Patterson, the running back out of Buffalo, really reminds me of Devin Singletary. Now, again, we talked about this in the last, and it would take away eight with Mo Ibrahim. With this 2021 running back class looking... Uh, not that good. But after you, after you get through about five or six players, it's a crapshoot. And Jarrett Patterson should be right there with the players like a Zamir White, the players like a Max Borgie or a Rakeem Boyd. I definitely believe he is already within the top 10 running backs in the 2021 class. One of those players that I think if drafted in the fourth round, that would be great 
great draft capital for a player like Patterson, come in, work his way through special teams, maybe carve out a small role in an offense. Don't know if he's got the size to be a three down threat at the next level or to carry an offense, but he definitely has a role at the next level. And it's good to see the Mac back and Jared Patterson picking up where he left off in 2019. Takeaway number six, there's a big six foot six, 230 pound gunslinger in the desert of Arizona named Grant Gannell. And in his first action versus the USC Trojans, 24 for 36, 67% completion percentage, 286 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Very, very positive debut for this true sophomore quarterback. Gannell has a enormous size, tremendous upside. He threw a beautiful 75-yard strike on the money to one of his receivers in this game. He's got all the physical tools in the world to be a legitimate NFL quarterback. I'm not saying he's this elite-type prospect, but when you're talking about a, a quarterback that has the mobility to move around in the pocket and outside of the pocket, and that six foot six, 230-pound size, he looks a little Josh Allen-esque. He's not as fast. I don't believe he's as athletic as Josh Allen, but wearing that number 17 and being that imposing, towering figure in a 2022 quarterback class that is very top-heavy, we're talking about how, and we're talking about Slovis and Spencer Rattler and Jaden Daniels, Grant Cannell can really push to be right after that elite tier of guys. I believe there's three in tier one in the 2022 class, according to my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. And I've been very excited. Me and one of my boys, Matt Bruning, have been talking about Grant Gannell. So to see him come out in his first game of this abbreviated college football season and show well, definitely, definitely encouraging and promising. And I'm looking forward to watching some more Arizona Wildcats football. Takeaway number five, Liberty's Malik Willis, 306 on through the air with three touchdowns, 97 rushing yards, and two TDs on the ground. I know they're not playing against anybody. I understand the level of competition that Liberty faces is not is not good. And they beat the dog snot out of their opponent this past Saturday. But Malik Willis, he is somebody that was highly touted coming out of high school. He was at Auburn, transfers from Auburn to Liberty, and he's played exceptional this season. I don't know what he is. I don't know what he can become. I don't even know if he's a legitimate quarterback prospect on the, on the, you know, as far as the NFL evaluators are concerned. But what I see from Malik Willis every single week is an athletic playmaker who can throw the ball from the pocket, but also has the legs to do damage on the ground. That Kunami code type quarterback. Yeah. You know, things happen, man. P.J. Walker was in the game this past Sunday. Drew Brees gets hurt and in comes Jameis Winston. Look at Washington. The Washington football team, they lost two quarterbacks and are down to Alex Smith. I'm pretty sure that in an ideal world, they really didn't want to throw him out there. But man, stuff stuff can go, can go sideways real quick in the NFL. So if a Malik Willis can continue to play the way that he's playing, he can be one of those guys. If he declares you take in the fourth or fifth round, round of your rookie drafts, you stash them away on taxi and you could have somebody that may see game action at some point. But I know right now he's playing very, very well at Liberty. And again, I understand the level of competition, but what I always say is I'm looking for players who have an opportunity to get an opportunity to score me some fantasy points in the dual threat capability of Malik Willis and how good he's looked through the air. He's an intriguing prospect. Just write the name down, Malik Willis out of Liberty.
takeaway number four, Amon Ross St. Brown is just, he's so, so good. He is such a good wide receiver. I just love watching him play football and he can do it all. And they've got him returning punts this year at USC. I actually profile and talk about Amon Ra a little bit uh, more in depth on the future cast show on the Roto Underworld Network. Check that out. But I, I, I am just every single time I see this kid play, anytime that I study his film, I just want to move him up higher and higher in my rankings. I have him as my wide receiver eight right behind Seth Williams. But uh, if you're asking me right now, who's the better pro wide receiver at this very moment? It's Amin Ross St. Brown. He reminds me of Terry McLaurin. Now, I know McLaurin ran a 4.35 at the combine. I don't believe St. Brown is that fast, but I do believe he's a, a mid to high 4.4 uh, runner. And even if he's a 4.5, I don't really care about that. It's the technician. It's the size. They are comparable in their size. They're both route technicians. They are both very good hands catchers, physical at the point of attack, great after the catch. I, he, he just... I watched St. Brown play and the only receiver that, that, that comps to me, and you guys know I don't really do the comp thing very often. And when I do, I feel very, very strongly about it. But Amen Ra reminds me of Terry McLaurin and I want that guy. He's a player right now. If I had to bet, he's like the 201 in a standard 12 team rookie draft. Right now, he'd be the 201. I don't think because of we play in super flex leagues because of the quarterbacks. And, you know, we're going to talk about a quarterback here soon. It's going to push some of these positional players down. So when you're talking about wide receivers for your traditional dynasty league where you don't have degenerates who listen to this show, who are tuned in, who are members of the squad, uh, they are going to go with the names that they know. They're going to go with, with Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith and probably Rondell Moore. Hell, it wouldn't even shock me to see some Tylen Wallace sneak into the first round. You add that to the mix with two or three or four quarterbacks, uh, tight end Kyle Pitts is going to go in the first round. That leaves players like an Amon Rob St. Brown kind of, kind of left out in the cold. And I believe that if you can snag him at the back half of the first round or the top of the second, you're going to have a Justin Jefferson level impact player. Like it, it would not shock me that if, if Amon Ross St. Brown was the most productive rookie wide receiver out of this 2021 class, his family makeup, his, his football lineage, his brother Equinemia St. Brown, a wide receiver of the Packers. His other brother, Osiris St. Brown, is a wide receiver at Stanford. His father was a two-time Mr. Universe bodybuilder. I mean, this kid it just has the makeup of future stud. He's, he's number three, right? When we're lo looking at basketball and LaMelo ball and Lonzo ball, like the third ball, it was the best. The third St. Brown is the best. LaMelo ball is probably the best. He's probably going to be the number one pick tonight during the NBA draft. The third of the ball brothers, the best. The third of the St. Brown brothers, Amon Ra, better than Equinemius, better than Osiris, and somebody that I am going to move up after I get done recording this show. St. Brown is a baller. Takeaway number three, and oh my, I, I got to make sure the, the 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 TV isn't on fire right now because Sam Howell, oh my goodness, half of a buck. That boy threw for half of a rack, excuse me, a rack, $1,000. Give me a rack, 1000 Threw for half of a rack in one game. 550 passing yards, six touchdowns, one interception. Absolutely dealing 
dealing. Daz Newsome, 10 receptions. Deami Brown, 8 receptions. And if y'all been rocking with me, and I know you have, you know both of those names. Daz Newsome was somebody I was super high on coming into the season. I, I kind of talked about him probably a show or two ago that he has been terrible. He stepped up in a major way. 189 for Daz. Deami Brown, y'all know I've been pumping Deami Brown up all summer, and he's continued to play well, moving his way up the rankings, not just with me, but on the NFL side as well. Uh, just fantastic job by how he is. He's the QB one in the 2022 class. I know Keaton Slovis. A lot of people wanted to put him there. I understand the arm talent of Spencer Radler, and I still believe that Rattler has probably just the best thrower of the football in college football outside of Fields and Lawrence. Just that the ball just jumps out of his hands. But Sam Howell is showing why he was so dominant as a freshman. He's absolutely dealing right now in a sophomore season, and he's looking apart as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. He's going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft in 2022. And real quick, on the other side of the ball, Sam Hartman had 429 and four TDs. Donovan Green, player that I really like a lot, 170 and two TDs. So it was just overall a non-defensive game, but it was fun to watch the quarterback sling the ball around and stock up for a lot of these North Carolina Tar Heels. Now let's stick with the Tar Heels and and transition to takeaway number two. Takeaway number two is Javonta Williams is RB3 in this 2021 class. And it's getting real tight for me between he and Travis Etienne. It's getting real tight. And let me just explain why. Let me explain why. And and I tried to do this on Twitter and I should have known that 100 and 240 characters or whatever they give us wasn't going to be enough. Etienne is the most explosive rusher in this class. He's probably the most explosive rusher in the past since Saquon Barkley. Just pure explosion, acceleration, what he can do when the ball is in his hands. His development as a pass catcher has has been outstanding. It's been a revelation uh, over the past two years. He's absolutely dynamic in space. I still don't believe he's a natural hands catcher. A lot of those manufactured touches are getting him the ball as comfortable as possible for him. You don't really see him out there running a bunch of routes and doing stuff like that, but he has developed into a more than capable pass catcher out of the backfield. I still do not believe he possesses the vision. And I'm, I'm just harping on this vision thing right now. Y'all are going to get sick of me talking about RB vision because I think it's a problem for Jonathan Taylor right now. And if you look at Travis Etienne, a lot of his production, man, those holes are like cadaverous caves. I mean, they are wide ass open. He does have excellent contact balance, like his ability to absorb initial contact, roll his shoulders and hit top, top end speed is, it's 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 quite impressive and that's just putting it nicely it's it, it i'm underselling how impressive that is but his ability to just pick holes i just don't see the vision Najee's got tremendous vision. Najee Harris's vision is probably one of his best attributes besides his power and just physicality. Javonta Williams has it all. This dude at 220 pounds, just he profiles as a better three down back for me at the next level. And if he continues to play this way, and if he tests anywhere where I believe he will as an above average athlete, I am going to trust my Ray GQ guns and I'm going to move him to RB2 and I'm not going to feel sorry about it. I, I, I feel really bad. Because for the entire, the entire 2019 season, DeAndre Swift was my 
running back one. I was, I didn't care what anybody else said. I wasn't changing my opinion. It was D Swift. I'd seen it from the Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle usage split days. I had seen it in 2018. I'd watched it happen in 2019. He was my running back one. I allowed outside influences and the combine and the damn landing spot to not only move him from my RB1, but to drop him down to like RB4 in the class. And that will never, ever happen again. And while I still had him as a tier one running back, Clyde wasn't better than him. I don't believe Jonathan Taylor was better than him. DeAndre Swift was my favorite and 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 profiled as the better NFL running back the entire time. And this year, in 2021, I'm not going to allow that stuff to happen again. So I've moved Javante Williams to RB3, and there's a good chance that I may move him to RB2, and I'm not going to feel sorry about it one bit. I'm not going to, to go away from my gut and my process and how I scout and what I see. I'm going to trust the process. But Javante Williams, man, 13 carries, 101 yards, and another touchdown. Just an absolute stud. My RB3 for now in the 2021 class. And take away number one. I don't I, I have no clue how I'm gonna rank these quarterbacks. I have no clue. Kyle Trask, 23 for 29, 356 and six touchdowns. It uh, Another week, he is on pace right now and he's gonna do it in fewer games. Like he's on Joe Burrow's pathway. He's on Joe Burrow's pathway. I, I, I don't understand why he's not getting the love, the respect, the, the just do for being legit, for being elite this college football season. There, there's the, Justin Fields, tremendous. Trevor Lawrence, when he's on the field, tremendous. Is there, has there been a better quarterback in college football this season than Kyle Trask completing 70% of his passes, 2,100 yards, 28 touchdowns to three interceptions. They've only played in two, four. They've played in five games. That was their fifth game in five games. He's got 28 touchdowns last season. Last season, on almost 140 more pass attempts, he only had 25 touchdowns. He threw for almost 3,000 yards. He had 2,900 yards, 25 TDs, and seven picks. He's, he's damn near exceeded that, averaging almost two more yards a pass attempt. I mean, this what he's doing is ridiculous. And this is coming off of a week where they missed they missed a week of football due to COVID. So he's not even in a consistent groove. Kyle Trask, when we're talking about, we know Fields and Lawrence. We know Mac, uh, well, after that, I don't think we know anything. Uh, honestly, like just keeping it real. After Fields and Lawrence, we know nothing. I've got Mac Jones at QB3. I've got Zach Wilson at QB4. I've got Trey Lance at QB5 and Kyle Trask at QB6. And I just want to move Trask above like, uh, what do we do? That group, that second tier, is it Jones? Is it Trask? Is it Wilson? Is it Lance? I don't think it matters. All these quarterbacks are probably going to be top 64 picks locked. Uh, we, we know that. 
locked and loaded. I believe Kyle Trask has locked himself into day two. I believe at, at least day two. I'm saying at worst. Zach Wilson at worst. At worst. At worst, people. I know the Zach Wilson hive is strong. Don't sting me. At worst, he's a second round pick. Mac Jones, I believe when it's all said and done, at worst, he's a second round pick. This is fun. This is fun. And these are players that I want on my dynasty rosters, not because of what the production they're going to give us in 2021, but what could happen in 2022 or 2023. These quarterbacks are invaluable. And we talked about it earlier with, with the Malik Will, with the Malik Willis. You never know what's going to happen to these starters. We, we hope that, that injuries don't happen, but damn it. We just saw Garrett Gilbert slicing up the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple of weeks ago. So anything is possible, literally. And Kyle Trask, the resume that he's putting together this season is not only deserving of a Heisman trophy, but deserving of quarterback three conversation in this 2021 class. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Quick hitting takeaways from this past weekend of college football. If you did, please subscribe to the channel, rate and review it. And if you want more access to me in the best damn Devi dynasty community in fantasy football, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Come holla at your boy over there. Hang out with good like-minded folks. Talk a little trading cards while we're at it. I appreciate y'all dropping by, but y'all know what's next. I'm rambling, man. Drop the music.